haere mai. Welcome to the Maxim Institute podcast. My name is Jason Heal. I'm the communications manager at Maxim Institute, and this is our weekly short-form podcast. These podcasts are released in tandem with our weekly column and are a chance for you to hear in-depth from the column's author about some of the thinking that went into producing their final piece. Today, we talk to Maxim Institute's executive director, Tim Wilson, about his recent column. Tim, welcome to the podcast. Kia ora. Great to have you with us. Now, you have written a column recently for us called Damned Lies and Statistics. I love, love that title. Um, You've made the point in there that uh, the latest government uh, data and statistics bill will uh, undermine trust in the government and statistics New Zealand, allowing the government to control data. Um, Why why that outcome? Why will it undermine? Yeah, and look, I want to be clear that um, I'm not making that point. What, what's happening is a, a number of people who are close to this are making that point. So when we're, and we're, what intrigued me about, uh, about the arguments that were being raised was they came from very different political uh, locations. So it's not the usual one side bashing one side the other side. the other yeah, side. Yeah. Uh, when you get people like uh, former Labour PM Sir Geoffrey Palmer uh, and then ex-government statistician Len Cook, and then Te Party Māori, and then the New Zealand Civil Liberties Council, all singing from a similar song sheet, you think, well, maybe there's something in this song. Now, I don't know, but the problem is that this all happened while our attention was focused elsewhere. Mm. Uh, and I get that, um, you know, if... Uh, if most people hear the word statistics, they begin to nod off. I know, I, I do. Yeah, I, I did fifth form maths and that was it, Mike. Yeah. Correct, and that was it, you tapped <laughs> yeah. out. Yeah. But having said that, and I think one of the points I do make here is that statistics are important to help us understand what's going on. So the collection of statistics needs to be absolutely independent. And that's uh, that's the assertion that's being made, is that... Um, that this would dilute the independence of Statistics New Zealand, this bill. Mm. Now, that's not what supporters say, yeah. and um, I'm prepared to uh, to entertain that as well. Mm. My problem is that we didn't get an opportunity to discuss that because it suddenly seemed like, oh, it's in its third reading, it's going, it's gone, and it's happened. And we've had no conversation about it, and now, only now it seems that the the uh, critiques of it are surfacing. Mm. Yeah. Well, I think some of the critiques had been present for some time. I, I, I guess, uh, and this is in some sense a public square issue as yes. well, is, uh, okay, we're, you know, and this is why I started when we're talking about gun violence, ram raids. Yeah. It's more naturally dramatic. Yeah. Um, but ram raids of sorts uh, and, and violence uh, can be... It can occur without there being physical violence. Yes, uh, it, and and so I think I think what what really caught my attention was um, the New Zealand Civil Liberties Council saying it will, and this is the um, this is uh, the bill will do serious damage to public trust in government. Mm. Uh, that's something that uh, at Maxim we've been very aware of. Yeah. Uh, we looked, uh, we did a paper on COVID and the Constitution, yeah. and saw uh, saw aspects of trust in government being eroded as the um, the, the the emergency, and I, look, it was certainly a, a public health emergency of COVID, 
was then used to justify erosions in the way that we make and pass laws, the extreme use of urgency, for mm. example. Uh, public trust is, is crucial uh, to the true functioning of a democracy. And once you start to erode it, it's really hard to bring back. It's like yeah. in a relationship, right? Yeah. You annoy your wife. Yeah. Um, and I know you wouldn't do this. No, case. never. <laughs> um, but if you do it if you do it in a fundamental way and you do it often enough, then you're going to you're going to really struggle to rebuild trust. Trust is easily lost and very difficult to uh, to rebuild. And so that was one of the key points for you as being aware that already trust in the government and our constitution is eroded. This is going to do it further. Um, do you have any examples of how how that's happened? Well, really interesting the very week um, that uh, that bill was in its third reading and this um, this was um, in uh, uh, in the middle of the year but it's still relevant as statistics New Zealand recommended a raft of improvements to the Ministry of Health's own population data set which um, which essentially people were saying you know what it didn't it actually undercounted Māori COVID-19 vaccination rates well uh, well documented that um, many Māori, um, oddly enough, have a suspicion of the government uh, <laughs> yeah. and exercise that by deciding that they, they didn't want to um, to follow through on COVID vaccination. Now, that's, that's another matter. Mm. Um, but they had to update the data set, which meant uh, that, for example, coverage rates uh, dropped from 88 to 83%. Yeah, uh, it's a big drop. It's a, it, yeah. it's, I think it's significant enough to, to attend to. Yeah. Uh, and also uh, from uh, for Pacifica people, uh, 97% to 89%. Um, mm. uh, when you have, uh, when you when you have those kinds of drops, when you're, you know, this shows the importance number one of statistics, uh, because whom you include in the statistics affects the outcome. Uh, what was what was particularly noteworthy about that was that the public health agency's uh, deputy director general uh, insisted that the uh, data set was quote unquote ideal for supporting vaccination uh, efforts, i.e. this helped us with the narrative that we're pushing. So, okay, I get that, but is it actually a true data set? Yeah. So let's have some faith in the people that are producing that data set because if it's all just about competing narratives, we're in a world of your truth is not my truth and, and we actually need objective truth. Mm. And so an appropriate title, Damn Lies and Statistics, Why You Should Care. Tim, thanks so much. My pleasure. Let's hear from Tim as he reads his column. Forget the surge in gun violence and ram raids. One of the century's greatest crimes is happening right under our noses in Wellington. Moreover, it's gone virtually unnoticed. That's the impression from people as different as former Labour PM Sir Geoffrey Palmer, ex-government statistician Len Cook and Te Pāti Māori. Nowhere else in the world have changes of this sort been made or in this manner, thunders Cook. A sea change, notes Palmer, adding that the issue hasn't had enough scrutiny. Debbie Narewa Packer of Te Pāti Māori is more succinct. This bill should not proceed. They're talking about the innocuous-sounding data and statistics bill, which has passed its third and final reading in Parliament and will now become law. Critics argue that this legislation will allow the government to dilute the independence of Statistics New Zealand, conferring some of its tasks to other government departments. 
it will do serious damage to public trust in government by turning Statistics New Zealand into a data broker, says the New Zealand Civil Liberties Council. In short, politicians will be more able to control data. When that happens, controlling the narrative will get easier. Inflation may cease to be so hmm, inflationary. Gun crime could be reclassified as a noise control matter. Black becomes in grave danger of being white. Statistics Minister David Clark disputes this, asserting that far from being a Trojan horse for government meddling with truth, the bill is, in fact, attempting to protect it. The Data and Statistics Bill modernises and future-proofs our statistics system for decades to come, he says, adding, when the government statistician does delegate collection responsibilities to an agency, this act will ensure, for the first time, proper legal safeguards are in place for that to happen safely. Len Cook calls such arguments frivolous, but Deputy Government Statistician Dr Craig Jones says the delegation powers are not new and they have no plans to use them anyway. To be fair, the bill was supported by Labour, National and the Greens, a cause either for celebration or heightened suspicion. Why this argument matters was demonstrated the same week of the bill's third reading. Statistics New Zealand recommended a raft of improvements to the Ministry of Health's own population data set, which has been widely criticised for undercounting Māori COVID-19 vaccination rates. That data set is now to be updated, with 233,000 people being added to it. The result? The two-dose coverage in the eligible population aged over 12 falls from 95 to 90%. Among Māori, coverage rates will drop from 88% to 83 and for Pacific peoples, from 97% to 89%. In short, the government's vaccine rollout is less impressive than it claimed. However, the Public Health Agency's Deputy Director General, Dr Andrew Old, maintains that the Ministry's data set is quote-unquote ideal for supporting vaccination efforts. Translation, it's all about the narrative. With the data and statistics legislation now virtually enshrined, the question becomes, who can you believe? Thanks for listening to the Maxim Institute podcast. If you'd like to hear more from us and keep up with the rest of our research and analysis of politics and policy in New Zealand, you can sign up on the homepage of our website to get our monthly forum email and invitations to future Maxim Institute events. You can search and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. From the team at Maxim, Mā te wā. Goodbye for now.